Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. Um, I Something that we should mention, and by the time this episode goes out, it will be... Uh, it'll be kind of old news. I should maybe I'll I'll tack something on to the last episode. Um, w- by the time last week's episode aired, we hit one year. Um, so f- for us in real time right now, uh, Saturday is our one year anniversary or the one year anniversary of the podcast. Um, so we we've been podcasting for a year, and you. So the following Saturday would be like my one year. Exactly. It would be that okay. So by the time this episode goes out, it will be one year for both. Of it'll us. be one year for both of us since our first appearances on this podcast. So happy anniversary! Um, happy anniversary, man! Yeah. Love you. Yeah. All right. So to the topic at hand, uh, purity. Just how we express the love for each other. Yeah. Except that you and I are not married to each other, so that would be inappropriate. Um, we want to talk about purity culture. Um, it's interesting because I kind of was raised in purity culture. Um, I was not. Right. Um, I was raised in a Catholic purity culture that is not what we kind of think of as purity culture by today's standards. When you, you know, I think that the, um, the Duggars and some of those other uh, groups have kind of got us to this point of like, we didn't kiss till our, till our wedding. Like I wasn't raised in I mean, that. Josh sexually molested people without being married. To them. Right. That's different. Right. But we, That's but, okay. but I wasn't raised in that level of purity culture. I was, you know, I'm, I was raised Catholic. I was told, you know, wait till marriage. Um, it was, it was implied, but never specifically said to me by parents, at least. To wait till marriage for, for you know for everything, um, but that was my finger blasting. Uh, in case you didn't notice, um, are they saying come here? No, no, you're just saying come, come. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we, yeah. So I was I was raised kind of with the idea told to me, and and, and it, if we talked to religion teachers and priests and things, we were told you know you got to wait till marriage and. But Catholicism had maybe a different take than a lot of other purity cultures. So, for example, I asked a religion teacher one time, uh, really cool religion teacher, but also very religious. Um, he, we asked him one time if, you know, he, the reason he was explaining that that sex within a marriage, sex within a marriage, was not. A sin as long, sex was not a sin as long as it was life giving and within a marriage. As long as you're trying to procreate, it's okay. But, but and he was a very liberal uh, religious person, so we were like, "So no, and his response was, "Well, is it giving life to your marriage?" <laughs> and uh, I like that answer. Um, it reminds me of the Jewish joke, you know, like religious Jews, like real religious men and women don't sit together in public, like in, in, in temple, there's different set of things, and they certainly don't dance together. If you watch Fiddler on the Roof, the ultimate documentary about how to be Jewish, you know, at the wedding scene, the men are all dancing together, and when the woman tries to dance, the bride tries to dance to the rabbi, he's all shocked, and then they hold a hang- ends of a handkerchief so they're not touching, so they can dance. Yeah. 
And there's a, so there's an old joke where a young couple's about to get married and they go to the rabbi and they say, Rabbi, we're so looking forward to being married. When we get married, will it be sinful if we have sex to have children? And the rabbi says, no, when you're married, you can. Well, what if we were to have sex just for the pleasure of it? If you are married, it's fine. Well, what about positions? What do you mean positions? Well, like, could she be on top instead of me? I I don't know why, but sure, if you're married, you can do that. But what what about, like, with her on all fours and me behind her? Could I do that? Sure, you're married, you can do what you want to do. But what about standing up? No, no, no! That could lead to dancing together. <laughs> it's a good one. You need, you need the setup of Jews can't dance together. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's cult, you need the cultural background first. Yeah. So... You, you. So, seriously, here's a bit of my upbringing. Yeah. Um, I won't go as young as I could go. I'll do a everyone was above eighteen story. Uh, when I was like in college and, and living at home, uh, my first few years of college, and I was over eighteen, I was. We were my family and I went to a annual, actually three times a year, we went to music folk music festivals in Philadelphia. And this one festival, I hooked up with the hottest woman on the planet. Uh, at, at this folk music at the time. Like, I was gonna say, you hooked up with Jamie Gertz? Callback. No, she's the most perfect. Oh. Um, no, but but like she was I got the name right. Though, 18. Right? Yes, you did. She she wore like the skimpiest bathing suits walking around and we basically had a camp that we rented. The musicians would lose track of where they were playing because when she would walk by because they would be so stressed by it. And somehow I managed to spend the weekend with her. And my mother was furious with me. Like we were like, you know, she and I, this girl and I were inseparable the whole weekend. We were together and like touching and kissy feely, like, you know, cuddling in public everywhere. And my mother was furious. And so at the end of the weekend, we're in the car on the way driving a three hour drive back to New York. And she finally lets me have it. She goes, this is not appropriate. You know that girl, she's been with so many different guys and she's can't jump you for someone, you know, next time. And she's going on and on, like how I'm going to be hurt in this relationship. And I said, mom, she lives in Philly and I live in New York. We're not dating. We're just fucking. And my mother goes, oh, well, that's okay then. Nice. So that's my story. I I, I was, so before that, when I was in high school, we had a neighbor, we had two neighbors. Uh, we had a couple that lived in that. They bought the house next to us. They were mid twenties and I was 16 or whatever. And they were going. They were engaged, but they were not yet married. And they found out. It sounds like it's uh, from Penthouse Forum. Dear Penthouse. Yeah. When I was sixteen, there was a twenty-two-year-old woman living next door. From what I remember, she was attractive. But uh, so they bought the house, and they were engaged, and they kind of said like, or they they got pregnant at one point, and my dad said, um, uh, they were practicing, and. You, you you don't start practicing until you're married. I want you both to know that. But to me and my sister about like, you know, like don't have sex before marriage, that was how he worded it. And you also have to keep in mind that my dad's not the religious person in my in my family. He's, you know, for all intents and purposes, an atheist, um, even though he doesn't use that label. And so like for him, he was just as much on the on the no sex before marriage thing as as um anybody else in my life was and but i will say okay in my dad's defense while i, d I obviously disagree with that and him and i have discussed 
and and I think his his views on that have evolved over the last twenty years. Um, are you looking at the cat or a human being? <laughs> okay. Um, She's climbing out boxes, and I'm waiting for them all to come tumbling got, down. Gotcha. So we've talked about it, but one thing that I will say about my dad is, even though you know, and, and he more so than anybody else, um, that I'm aware of in my life, when when it came to the purity culture thing he he did not have this the gender double standard that most especially most fathers have he was as hard on me about about not having sex before marriage as he was really good about not having the double standard but the way he solved that problem was just by having a super strict standard with both of us um no wonder you were allowed to have I will. Okay, this is that ain't coming. Nobody's coming. I have a Patriot. Uh, I feel like I, this is going to be a ten dollar exclusive. Pay. This isn't even the <laughs> three dollar one. Um, one time. So I, I'm obviously younger than you. So, but but I'm older than the. You know, I, I when I was a pubescent teen, like early teenager, thirteen, fourteen. Uh, internet pornography was more difficult to come by. It wasn't hard to get but it was more difficult and we, we didn't have laptops so it was like the family run you know family so i could get de- get porn on the family computer but i couldn't necessarily do anything at the family computer so i would print out my porn and put it and i would stick it under my dresser and i had like it was like very simple just a woman naked i don't even know that you could see labia you just saw like bush and tits and I pleasured myself to that, came on it, folded it up, slid it back under for further use. Sent it to the lab so they can clone me. (laughs) And my dad was vacuuming in my room one day on like a Saturday. He moved the dresser, found it. He called me and he called my mother up into the, into my bedroom. And (laughs) because he was, he was really strict about the, he was really like not into all this shit and he was, you know, it was an interrogation and I'm getting asked about it. And my my mother goes, uh, is, does the printer need ink? Why is it, why is it all discolored like that? (laughs) And and my dad goes, it's come Maria. (laughs) And it will be burned into my brain for all time. It has been 25 years since this story happened, and it is still, it is traumatic. It is crazy traumatic. So my, my counterpoint story about my father, besides his extensive porn collection, but I just make sure I rewound everything back to exactly the part of the piece. Where was his all black girls? Was at. No. Um, he did have one that was all anal. Nice. And he wrote like, like I forgot, like, I, like the, he was, he's not good at words. So like whatever label he had on it was not the title of the movie. But like it wasn't, like he was trying, like it was like Backdoor Babes was the movie. And he wrote like anal gals. Like, like, he, wasn't, <laughs> like, like he was trying to write the title. He just didn't get it right. Oh, oh, he was trying to just be, he wasn't trying to hide it. I, no, he just <laughs> doesn't get things right. On the my, my brother at his wedding gave away CDs with his wedding music, like, on it and he spelt my he did the labels and he spelt my brother's name wrong <laughs> he named him and he spelled it damn but and but so one time i had this girlfriend visiting in pennsylvania and we were uh 
my parents had a full house of guests because it was like a, a weekend where we had a big music party. And so we were, my girlfriend and I were sleeping in the downstairs back room, which had like two single beds in it that were actually, if you lift them up, there were cabinets underneath for storage. It was just like full and the house is full. It wasn't a bedroom or anything. It was like our playroom, like dartboard there, pinball table. And, you know, quickly after we retired to bed, we were in one bed instead of two. And in like at 6.30 in the morning, my father comes in through that room to go to his workshop where the trash compactor is where he can pack trash from the night before. And he's like, walks through with a bag of trash in his hand. I wake up, realize the sheets are at our waist and we're both naked. So we're both topless from his view. And I kind of pull the sheets up and he goes and compacts the trash, like looks away, compacts the trash, walks back through without looking at us. And she kind of wakes up from me jostling her and trying to put the sheet on and sees him leaving. And she's like, oh my God, are we going to be in trouble? Are we going to be in so much trouble? And I said, I don't I don't know why he'd be mad. It wasn't even mad that I'm straight. I mean, but, you know, we'll see. And later in the day, he and I are doing more cleanup from the party and we're taking trash down together and kind of reminds him as we walk through that room. He's like, trash. And he goes, I saw you and the woman's his name, I won't say, this morning. I'm like, yeah. He goes, nice tits. That's what <laughs> that was the conversation. That's what I want to be. And Sarah said, I can't be that dad. I was like, I was like, well, I mean, if he's 17 or 18 and we walk in and he's getting a blowjob, I'm not allowed to high five him after he's, after, During. after he's washed his hands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my father's thing on all behavior, we didn't, you know, I didn't do drugs. I don't know if anybody else does, um, but even like underage drinking he, and sexual things or whatever. And even it would have been the same for drugs. Cause I have friends who get stoned and come to my house so I can make them laugh till they pee their pants. And he knew that. And his thing was, yeah, do it in the house. Mm-hmm. Don't be out on the street where you'll get caught and get in trouble. You want to drink? Drink in the house. Like, and my dad doesn't drink alcohol at all. Like, no, no whiff of it. Like, but it's like, I'd rather you yeah. do it at home and not get in trouble. The, the law is the bad part in this. So you're safer if you do it home. Yeah. And if you're home, you're less likely to have to drive and like all the dangerous yeah. stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I was from New York. We didn't drink. Oh, that's true. That's I mean, every, everything's walking distance or public transportation. Yeah. Like drinking. Different, that's stuff. different problem than my suburban ass, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I want, and, and, and it's tough. This is tough. You, you have a daughter, so you'll, and, and you've kind of expressed your opinion on, on that. Uh, but obviously people accuse you when you only have a son of, well, yeah, of course it you would be, be different if you had a daughter. Yeah. And, and maybe someday I will have a daughter. Who knows? Or maybe someday, maybe I already do have a daughter and I don't know. Um, but ultimately, I've, I have just always kind of thought, like, it's important to have good conversation with your kids about, I, you know, I, sex. Sex is both not as big a deal as people want to make it sound and as big a deal as people want to make it sound in different ways and you need to be careful with sex uh you know you need to be careful with the other the other person's feelings and obviously i want to inform about consent but and also like the fact that like just because someone says yes doesn't mean that they're ready or just because you're doesn't mean you're ready and so there's a, a lot of that that i want to have have conversationally with logan or any other kids that i end up having and and um and and i ultimately like i don't care if he's 
if he's 17 and his, his, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, is also age-appropriate, consensual, uh, I don't, I don't care that much about it. I just want to make sure that they're safe and that they're healthy and that they're being consent, can, you know. It, consent obviously was a big thing. It's the only, the only thing for this case. Like your bodies are your bodies. You do what you want to do. But if you're going to be with someone else, consent becomes an issue. And that actually, not, a, not an issue, nothing bad ever happened. But Joseph was, when he was 16, had a girlfriend who was 15, you know, like six months younger than him. Mm-hmm. And 16 is the age of consent in North Carolina. And my thing was, nothing happens below the waist with no matter what she wants. I don't care how many boyfriends she's had before. I don't know her history. I don't care. You're the one who goes to jail if one day you have a fight and she decides to turn you away. Yep. So until she turns 16, no matter what. And he's like, well, we weren't really doing that. I'm like, fine. I'm not telling you yeah. what to do or not to do, except for the age. That's going to be my response when uh, with, with Logan or, or any other future kids. That and also... And maybe this wasn't yet an, uh, an issue with when your kids were kids still, like children. But um, uh, there's a lot of stuff about, you know, kids sending each other dick pics and, and other, you know, stuff. And and, and possession, of, and, there's, and I don't know about North Carolina, but there's been a lot of stuff made yeah, up of... child pornography, even if you do yourself. Exactly. And so that will, I will be making that clear to him, like, hey, like, I get it. If you want to look at porn, you look at adults who are clearly consenting. And one and and if somebody's you know you if everybody asks you if you want to see a picture of them you say no and then if they send it to you anyway you bring it to me immediately and we will go to the proper uh, we'll go to the proper authorities you know and but because I I I would I think that there is there has been some overcorrection in that that way when you're a thirteen year old and you send. A porn picture to your other 13 year old and you're getting labeled as a child pornographer or the other 13 year old who just got possession of like here, here's the thing like i get the age of consent is 16 but if two 13 year olds fuck and it's 18 for sharing pictures yeah which is a weird it's it's a real weird but if you're thir- i was just about to use the the age of consent versus the age of of porn- if you're 13 and two 13 year olds say they're born on the exact same day decide that they weren't a fuck like there is no crime there as far as i'm aware um it, it wasn't you know because nobody because back to our i don't know who you blame. usually blame the older one so i don't know who you blame if they're the same yeah exactly. or yeah and, and so you wouldn't have anyone to blame you blame the guy say they probably blame you both yeah yeah probably the guy. um but but if that's the case then like then how is there how is the pornography part different than that and so i think there's just an overcorrection but I understand. Of, I understand the overcorrection. One of the challenges with 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 sexting like that is, I mean, maybe depending on the text messages that accompany it might give you context, but you don't know the context. Mm-hmm. So if someone says, "Oh, I was bullied into it and I was pushed into it," you know, like you know, that's why. Like, yeah, it looks like I sent the picture, but yeah. I was pushed into doing it, right. bullied into doing it. And if it's not a clear context in the text messages, who knows? And that might be true, or it might be true emotionally, even though it not wasn't right. Intentional. And when I say when I say overcorrection, I don't mean that I think we need to change it back. Um, I think we need to, as as parents of children, and, and you know, not so much for you, because uh, your kids are adults now, but for me, as my kid goes towards 
puberty and everything else. It, it just is a matter of knowing the law. The same way you told Joseph, you know, she's not old enough yet. You don't get to do that. That's not a me rule. That's a law rule. Like the same thing. Like you don't get to do this. And and there is a reason for it. Is it an overcorrection? The the, the is the, are the ramifications of overcorrection probably, but they are there for a good reason, even if they are done clumsily or whatever. And so I there's no nuance there because nuance is difficult. It's easier to have a rule. Yes. Person. Back to to specifically back to purity culture though. Um, as neither of us is, uh, I mean, I you know I grew up in it a little bit, but I grew up in like a diet coke purity culture, and there's some real, there's some real intense shit. Um, one of the things that I've seen that has always creeped me the fuck out, and 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 I would imagine you're about to agree with me. I really fucking hope you're about to agree with me, is when you see people with these promise rings. Uh, that not this one. I'm just using it as an example. But the red promise rings, and it's it's the the purity ring, and it's a promise to uh, the the thing that creeps me out about it, beyond the like making children promise to something that's kind of unreasonable. For you know, I'm gonna wait till marriage. Well, what if you don't get married till you're forty? That's unreasonable. You need to bust some nuts. Um, but the there is with, with girls and i have never heard this with a guy with with guys but this but girls in those purity culture when you see them in documentaries or whatever else they're they're they, the wording is and i might screw this up but it's like saving my virginity for my father and i think they mean not i mean to me it sounds like in respect of in my respect father, of, yes not for, not for him to which take it. I don't but it is there is like a married to my father thing they do the daddy daughter yeah. dances and stuff which like when my daughter was in ballet there was a daddy daughter dance at the ballet yeah when we were in it, but it wasn't a creepy looking you do no. prom pictures and stuff no of course right and I danced like Matt Smith in the uh, wedding of Amy and Rory so, <laughs> it was her laughing her ass off at her friends yeah. not knowing why I was dancing that way yeah. So, but like, I it always has creeped me out. Like, if I had a daughter, I always I've said it to Sarah a billion times. Like, if I had a daughter and this purity culture shit, I would just be like, leave me out of the your virginity equation. Like, I don't want yeah. to be. If you're talking about your virginity, I don't really want you mentioning me as your dad. Like, like so. So one of the things though is the reason it's more important for girls. Besides, you know, you can make a rational argument of pregnancy and whatever, but the real reason is it's intended to make them get married at a younger age. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't, have, like they, like you made the comment of like it's unrealistic if you're forty and not married. The goal is that you won't be forty and not married. You'll be married by twenty. You're not gonna. You don't want. I don't want you going to college and getting educated. I want you to find you're in love with your boyfriend in high school. Great. The day after high school, you're marrying him, and now he's your head of your church. Yeah. It's so creepy, um, but yeah, there's. Sorry, I was gonna say the whole talk a, of. Have a, yeah, I have a story that's not mine, but I'll share it after you. Say. Okay, I was gonna say the whole talk of of save, saving it for my father. Uh, yeah, is gross to me. I have something I will say afterwards too, but you go ahead with yours first. So I I have um good really good friend who when his son was like in college, he was dating a super religious girl. And the son was raised 
as a church growth. Mm -hmm. But uh, they weren't super religious homes. They certainly church regularly. I think um, his uh, his mother's father, so his grandfather, was a preacher back home. Not not their preacher. They didn't live locally for them. So they, but they were regular churchgoers, and he was. She was super religious and was a super religious family, so he was much more religious the more they dated. Mm -hmm. And then they got engaged, and and she never liked my uh, my friends because they were not they weren't as high class as uh, she was in her mind. And my friend pulled his son aside one day and said, "Listen, you know, if you're marrying her just because you're like they were rushing into getting married really fast, and he's like, if you're marrying her just because you really want to get laid, it's okay to get laid without marrying someone." Like, is he was really concerned that that was part of the reason they were rushing is because they were afraid they would slip up and go too far. So they were getting married so that they could. Yeah. I think that ultimately, I think purity culture, in my experience, has caused more harm than good. And so I'm trying my best to, in a reasonable, responsible way, um, I wouldn't say combat it, but just kind of like be an alternative option to it um i did see uh, this is kind of it'll kind of it will come back to it in a second hold on uh so i saw threads post today someone had the trans trans lgbt flag i don't know exactly it's the one with the triangle at the front and then the the rainbow but it which the triangles is trans part the three color triangle the trans light blue light pink yeah the the spider gwen triangle um she but uh but we so they had the trans that it's the color scheme that they use for her spider gwen. and and she has the trans flag and pinned in her room so um so they had the trans flag in this meme and it said it said i don't i don't share this i don't have i don't wave this on my house to let you know who is in my bed with me, I wave this on. I wave this on this house in case there is a neighbor who who is in this community who cannot, who doesn't think anybody else is, and it, meaning like I'm. I it's more important for me to 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 let someone know that there is a a sounding board. There is a community here, and I reshared that and said I, I i hope to always be a, a good ally to you know obviously i'm a straight guy, straight cis guy so i'm not in the community but i hope to be an ally to the community and i said that's partly why i'm so open about open about my atheism now is because i know the importance of having atheists visual and accessible to me and obviously to like my wife when i was deconverting and everything else and then Right now, I'm thinking about the fact that that's also why I've I am open about this with my cousins. Like I just make a couple jokes, and in an attempt to be like, if you ever need anything, like here's some better information or some different information. If you ever need anything, come to me. Um, because I don't think I don't think my aunts and uncles are probably as strict in the purity culture thing as my parents were, and you got to keep in mind that largely the first child the first well yes they're older uh typically than than most of those siblings um i am so much older and they were dealing they were the first my mom 
was the first parent of her siblings, obviously. So she didn't have a role model or have someone to go before with the mistake. So my parents are great now. So about all the mistakes are made with you. Right. It, but it's important that they that we learn from our mistakes and that we have we have the option to not repeat those mistakes. And so I am trying to participate in that process. Good deal. That being said, I have a cousin who is living with her boyfriend out of wedlock and a cousin who just had a baby out of wedlock. And so I think I'm doing okay with like, like subverting the purity. Well, I just think like we're, I think we are slowly stepping out. Like, I think that there's still some stigma within our family about a lot of this. Um, I know that like, oh, they moved in together. When is he going to propose to her? Like kind of thing. We had the opposite. My obvious father was when we moved in together, when we got, we got engaged, then we moved in together. And he was like, why are you even getting married? What's the use? You're already living here. And I was like, if I hit him, like, so like the sex is the only reason to get married? Like, that must be what you're saying. Like, we're already sleeping together. Yeah. So why get married? Like, it's like, that's not the reason we're getting married. Yeah. I don't know what the reason is, but but it it wasn't that. Yeah. Did, so I know she was raised more religious, Hindu, right? Um, did, and, and it sounds like you have a pretty good relationship with her mother and you had a pretty good relationship with her father from what I understand. Yep. So did, did you end up having much in the way of, of purity issues with her family or, or no, or did she have an issue? Um, we lived together while we were in college. Yeah. And my, and then like for a semester. Yeah, uh, or two, maybe two semesters in the third year, and then um, we li- we lived together after I got, I graduated, went back to New York, decided I'd rather be here with her. Came back, we got engaged, and then we moved in together. Her father never came into the apartment we shared when we were in college. Like once she was sick, and her mother brought food over, and he stayed in the car while she brought it upstairs. And when we, even after we got married, we were living in the townhouse and. He didn't come over once before I got married. And even after I got married, he didn't like coming over. He rarely came to our house. Versus after three or four years, we built a house and had our first house together. He came over all the time. You know, mm-hmm. that, like that, he was perfectly comfortable in the house that we were only married in. Mm-hmm. He was never super comfortable with the house that we lived in before we got married. Okay. And it was never a conversation that we had. I mean, he goes out, but they were obviously aware, oh, no, our daughter is being like an American and sleeping with her boyfriend because we were living together in college. Yeah. But um, but you know wasn't spoken about. But they were not. He he very much wasn't happy. Right. But it wasn't. It didn't hurt our relationship. Like because by the time we were married, and had a different house, it was more like he didn't like to think about it. Because once we were in the house, he was over all the time. Yeah, I understand. Um, we have. I don't think it's that. I th- so my dad does not. He did not go over my sister's house when she was living with my brother-in-law before they were married but i don't i genuinely don't think it was that because at that point in time he was not going to anything social at all um meaning he wouldn't go he would go he wouldn't go to any family function he was just he was being a hermit basically so i don't think it's related to that but i know he still doesn't love going over there but i think it's more because there's so much chaos with animals and stuff like that i don't think it is a purity thing and obviously he's been to my house and he seems really relatively comfortable the two times he's been to my house uh, mine being just because it 
it's 600 miles away and that's you know why he's only been here twice um he was at my old place when we lived in massachusetts for a few times sarah and i didn't so we we lived together we didn't live together till we got engaged that was not a purity issue um that was a or like a like appearances issue that was more of a we don't i was living with my parents and she was living with her parents we got engaged we graduated college we sarah's dad got laid off and and said i'm i'm probably going to get a job in north carolina but i want to keep the house cuz i'm not really ready to sell the house and i can upkeep the house from with this job in north carolina it would be a good place for you to to like save some money and and uh, my sister-in-law had just had her first baby and she and he was like she can you know she the first baby was almost a year old and he's like she can come back here and live here and save some money and um it'll be a good good thing for you guys to to help out with the baby when you need when you can and and bond and um so we you know at that point we'd been engaged three or four months when we finally moved in together we were married a year after that that was all you know the time frame on our marriage on our wedding after the engagement was more you know when when is the venue available and and so we ended up waiting almost 18 months from engagement to to wedding because and we got a sunday date we didn't even get a saturday <laughs> we were similar we we got engaged the same almost the same day as my brother my brother i got engaged at 8 p.m he waited till midnight so that it would technically be the next day he was ready to propose and they, since they were older and wanted to have kids right away, we let them get married first. But they were living in California and wanting to get married in New York, um, or at least close to his when they were in New York State. And um, it took them a year to do their wedding. So we got married like six months later. <laughs> we had to wait a year for them. And then oh, we yeah. did it like eight, six months. Yeah. Yeah. Five months, actually. So. Okay. Five months, three days. Okay. But, yeah, so we didn't live together. Although I lived with... Um, my ex-girlfriend uh for on like here and there when we could when we could afford to we lived together for two years something like that um so like it was that was never a purity culture issue that was just merely a financial situation issue for sarah and i that we didn't live together till engaged uh when we finally when i moved in and we were engaged um her family obviously had no problem they invited uh invited me to move into the house um my parents i don't think had an issue except that i think my dad didn't like that i just kind of like would come by the house and take a thing and never like officially said hey i'm moving out i think he felt that was pretty fucked up um and then i was like i just was like oh i grabbed a box and i grabbed another box over the course of like two months or whatever you left or you slow quit the house yeah, yeah basically and and part of that also this is another weird thing in our timing the within the month that i was moving into sarah's parents house is the month that my grandmother was moving into my parents house um out of like a not a hospice because it was there was no medical care is is christian scientist but it was the christian scientist equivalent of hospice um she basically they were bleeding her dry money wise. And so my parents were like, why don't you live with us? So she moved in and I was moving out. And so I just kind of was slow quitting, like just grabbing stuff as I could. And every day, you know, that I, every time I'd go home, I'd grab another thing and 
I think my dad, and it wasn't wrong. He was, he was correct that I, I did it in like the sneaky, like kid way of like getting out of the house instead of just being like, Hey, I'm moving in with my fiance. Right. You never had a conversation about leaving. You just slowly left. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, you got anything else on purity culture you want to talk about? Uh, no, I think I'm as impure as I'm going to be. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that I've got nothing else. Uh, we stayed on topic for both topics pretty well tonight. I think this podcast might actually be coming out okay. So before we do our big our big uh, send-off that we always do, I want to say a couple things. Uh, first of all, thank you, everybody, for listening. And if you are enjoying the show, please like us, subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, whatever the option is on your on your listening or viewing app of choice. Uh, if you'd like to give us a review, that's excellent, and that would be super helpful. I want to give a shout-out to our newest page patron um because we now have a new patron on patreon patron number three uh and his name is matthew i want to give him a quick shout out um good name good name good name man yeah do you have any matthews i know like i literally in my it phone the, i think i have seven like it's crazy ironically it was the seventh most popular name in new york the year i was born okay side side note uh my name is michael christopher cole Michael, so I, I, Michael is the one of the most popular names for about fifty years running in the nineties or in the in the nineteen hundreds, um, and so I commonly say like, oh, my name is basically the most popular name. Uh, you know, David was there in one of the years. Like, there's a couple of names, a couple of years where it's interrupted, but pretty consistently from like nineteen fifty to two thousand, it's Michael. And I was saying that to somebody at work a couple months ago. And I said, like, and I said, no, legitimately. And I pulled up, like, most popular boy names in America in the, in, you know, by year. And we were scrolling through the years. So I was born in 1984. From 1979 to 1990, so I'm directly in the middle of that, the number one name is Michael all 12 years or 11 years of that. The number two name in America for all of those 11 years is Christopher. And my parents named me Michael Christopher, and so <laughs> I, I tell told my parents that they were that they're unoriginal and unimaginative. Um, they find that amusing. Like I wasn't being mean; I, they understand. So anyway, that was my side note. Back to the patron stuff. So yeah, we want to thank Matthew, who is our newest patron, um, and we have a special message for anybody who may have found us on Threads and. Uh, we basically shouted out some people on our patron only feed on uh shout out some of our threads uh followers and listeners so if you if you wanted to check us out on there it is only three dollars a month which like i have said before is less than a dollar an episode because we are doing a minimum of four episodes a month a lot of episodes a lot of months will end up having five just based on timing um so you're getting you're getting a, an episode for uh what about 75 cents an episode so you can't really beat that deal um the support the financial support that we receive will help us to make this podcast better for you so we've been improving um microphones uh my microphone's been here a little bit but you you might be seeing 
Matthew has a microphone. Um, and he finally, last week when we were recording, he was, he, he had an issue with it. Oh, two weeks ago to you viewers, but last it week had a built-in Matthew voice synthesizer that sent, was turned on. Yeah. I was talking to Jabba the Hutt for the first 30 seconds of the podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, and it was so, so anyway, point being, if you're supporting us by listening, we really appreciate that. Give us likes and subscribes if you can, if you want to. If you decide that you want to subscribe, you want to support us with money, we would really be appreciative. You'll also get a shout out at the end of the every at the end of your first episode after the first episode we record after you subscribe on Patreon. We Patreon. don't even make you wait a month to prove that you're staying with us. We no. just we'll just shout you out. Yep. As soon as we realize you're you're there. Yeah. So that's basically it for 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 our sales pitch. Matthew, you got anything? I just want to remind you, I want to thank you for listening to Talking About the Big Stuff and remind you, it's safe to put us in your ears. You can't get pregnant in your ear holes. Can't get pregnant in your ear holes. That is the big stuff. Uh, although the big stuff doesn't really fit in your ear holes that well. But It's okay if it dribbles out. It's okay. Thank you all for listening. Thanks, everybody. The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media LLC production. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.